Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. It's Sean King, and I am so, so glad to be back here on The Breakdown. Yesterday was actually World Mental Health Day. And today, I want to talk about mental health I want to talk even about my own mental health and your mental health. And the truth is, of all the episodes, I mean, 500 plus episodes of this podcast, I don't know how much we've talked about it. And I just want to unpack and explain why I think that is, how I'm in a different place right now, why I really needed to take this break from the breakdown and and even some of the other public work that I've been doing, why I'm glad to be back. Good to be with you. This is Sean King, and you're listening to The the, the Breakdown. The Breakdown. The Breakdown. There's a crazy story that I I tell uh, to my kids and I've told it many times but I'm going to give you a deeply abbreviated version you may have read this from me I don't know that I've I don't know if I've told it here on the breakdown before but all the way back if my if my time is right all the way back in 1994 the summer of 94 which is a long, long time ago. Uh, I was just a teenage boy in high school. And I had a dear friend, uh, a brother named Roger, who was, um, who, who had become like, almost like my bodyguard. <laughs> At the time, he was the best friend I had. And, and I was the best friend he had. And and on some days, we felt like we were the only friends we had. Uh, Roger had been a, a, a running back in high school, went on to be a running back even in college. And um, and and I needed him. And uh, I, if if I if all my math is right, when I was a freshman, Roger was a senior and in high school. And, um, you know, he, he helped to to look after me at a time when I desperately needed it. And um, we had so many moments together. I'm actually, for the first time in my life, I've gone through family therapy with my entire family. I've gone through uh, couples therapy. But I have never 
consistently uh, gone through therapy for myself. Dibble dabbled in it here and there, but I've never consistently committed to it. I've been in weekly therapy for the past two months. And one of the things that I am regularly unpacking with my therapist, who is brilliant and and so insightful and helpful, one of the things that I'm unpacking every day is why when from the, from the really from the time I was a boy through my teenage years and all the way through my adult life why when I had really really hard times did I not speak about it did I not even not only did I not seek help but my friends and I didn't even speak to each other about it and there was this moment, and I'm I'm going to circle back to that point in just a second. Um, there was this moment where my friend Roger and I were both shot at with a gun, shot at at very close range, and the only thing I could compare it to uh, would be that scene from Pulp Fiction where the character played by Sam Jackson, uh, gets shot at. And Sam Jackson and John Travolta get shot at. And all of the bullets miss them and just, like, go perfectly around them. And, you know, Sam Jackson sees it as, like, a, a you know, a moment. And, you know, like a divine moment from God. And this happened to Roger and I. We were uh, in Lexington, uh, in a place that we hardly knew, uh, we, we, you know, we grew up in Kentucky. And um, I won't tell the whole story only because I, I don't have time to tell the whole thing. I, I will tell it later. And at close range, they shot at Roger and I both. And we barely got away and got shot at again in the same incident. And like narrowly escaped the whole thing. It was, uh, it was terrible. And he, he had borrowed his uh, girlfriend's car and uh, we like flew out of that place. We, we happened to pack, uh, to park rather in the back of the place. And we flew out of that place and drove all the way back to Versailles where my mother lived. And Roger and I never spoke of this again. And when I say we never spoke of it again, like when we got home that night, like we weren't like, oh, my God, can you believe it? We almost died. Like this is like we should call the police or like not like we we knew we had just experienced something traumatic. We knew we almost died. There was a part of me that also knew that or at least believed that if my mother knew about this, that I would get in tremendous trouble because we were doing several things that I was in way, way over my head. We were doing several things we had no business doing, but we never talked about it again, ever. I mean, for the rest of our lives, not the rest. I spent the rest of that summer with Roger, never talked about it. I hung out with Roger the next year. We never mentioned it again. And 
just between myself and Roger, and I, I have a dozen friends who this is the same, the same story for us as well, but just between myself and Roger, there were so many moments that happened to us that were deeply painful, incredibly traumatic, and we never spoke of them. And no one taught us that. Like there was nobody, there was no, there was no adult. Even there was no, I mean, there was nobody in pop culture. I don't know where we learned that from. We, we certainly didn't learn the opposite to, to, to communicate and speak about our problems. We never spoke of it again. And that was in some way our way of enduring trauma. And I mean, I have, I have many stories that, believe it or not, are much more painful and worse than that. I, I, I remember when Roger was actually shot. And I don't, I don't know that I ever spoke with him about it. Like, I remember when Roger was shot. And I don't even know if we spoke about it the next day. I don't, I don't know why I can't, I don't understand where that came from, but it was the norm among all of us, um, among my entire friend group of young black boys who were struggling to make it in this place that was not kind to us in any way. And Many of my closest childhood friends um, died of of violence, of drugs, and so much else. And and many of those who survived, their lives were hell. In and out of prison, off and on drugs. Um, And I can't help but think that it all seemed to start when we had so many serious problems in the world and felt like we couldn't talk about them. And I, I feel like, and I haven't had a chance to speak to uh, my, my dear friend and brother Lee Merritt about this, but Lee posted about this uh, when it happened. Um, Lee had what he really felt like was a, a mental health crisis. This was a year ago, and uh, you know, found himself uh, in the hospital. You know, even struggling from the weight of all of the work that we were doing supporting families impacted by racial injustice and police violence and all of the burdens and responsibilities of being who he is. And I remember when I saw it, not understanding what happened there until a few months ago, I found myself like when I saw what happened with Lee, I intuitively understood that we, all the way back 
to Lee's childhood and all the way back to my childhood and all the way through our adulthood that we both had experienced trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma of our own and bearing the burdens of other people's trauma. Intuitively, I understood that that could break us down at any given moment. Of course, I understood that. But when I saw it break him down, I I remember thinking like, wow, how does that happen? And what I didn't understand really was that I was only a few months ahead of him in that way or behind him rather. And that the accumulative effect, not of 2020's trauma, which is, let me be clear, 2020 is enough to break any person down. (laughs) This modern age is enough to break any human being down. But what I've come to understand is that the accumulative trauma that we had never really had space or room to to talk about, to recover from, to heal from, caught up with both of us at two different times. And it just so happened that it took me a a few more months. And I didn't really understand, and I'm still understanding, trying to understand how to explain it. And I wanted you to hear from me that it has taken me going to therapy to understand what happened to me. To understand how, when, to to understand when your brain experiences severe harm that it does not heal from and continues to experience harm after harm after harm without healing and without a cease in the in the behavior that's causing the harm it will catch up with you at one time or another in one way or another and how it caught up with lee is different than how it caught up with me I found myself in many ways in a position that I've, I was deeply unfamiliar with. I just found myself frozen. And since I've been a young boy, my, my MO, my, my way, my, my central strategy in life is to keep on pushing. Keep moving. Don't stop. Never stop. Move forward. Keep going and going and going and going. No matter what, no matter what happened to me, no matter what happened to the people around me, keep moving forward. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And miraculously, it got me until I was, you know, 42 years old. Here I am. I made it to 42 with that strategy. What I've learned is that it won't take me to 43. Maybe you're not 42. Maybe you're 32 or 22 or 17. If you don't deal with 
the harm and trauma and stress that is on your brain, on your body, and just to add a spiritual element, on your soul. For those of you who believe we are, we are souls. Many of us believe that we are not bodies with souls, but that we are souls with bodies. <laughs> and the accumulative impact on all of it, it will catch up with you. And I want you to hear from me that I am doing my level best, my earnest best to deal with it and confront it head on in the best way that I know how. I'm still struggling, but pushing forward with help. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to take this day by day. Love and appreciate all of you. Thanks for hearing me out. And please, if you need it, please, please, please consider seeing a therapist. And, and let me almost even remove that if you need it. You do. You do need it. You are a human being on this planet, which is full of so much pain and anguish. That's not a liberal or conservative idea. It's just true. It's a painful place. Love and appreciate you all. I'll be right back here tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Hi, this is Donnie Rose, Chief Content Editor here at The North Star. Encouraging you to check out thenorthstar.com every day for insightful, engaging commentary on the stories that impact our culture. The writers at the North Star make it our mission to advocate, mobilize, agitate, and disrupt in the name of creating liberation-centered content. We unapologetically center the narratives of Black, Brown, and Indigenous people. We understand that you can get news from anywhere, so we are more interested in offering perspective that speaks to the experiences of our audience. We write freely and with freedom on our minds. We invite you to indulge in our daily editorials and engage in the dialogue that will change the world. It's the past.